0: This week on Waterflying, we are in Juneau, Alaska with Alaska Seaplanes.
1: You are listening to Waterflying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the waterflying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, welcome back to another episode
0: of Waterflying. We have been gone for a couple of weeks, uh, not recording episodes, because we have been traveling around doing advocacy in Alaska. And today, I am so thrilled. We are sitting down with Toby Ortega, who just took us on an amazing flight here at Alaska Seaplanes in Juneau, Alaska, a place that I have wanted to come my entire life I've been coming to Alaska for 23 years now and I have never been down into Southeast Alaska, into Juneau, and you made my dreams come true today. Uh, So thank you so much, Toby. Let's have a discussion about this amazing place we're sitting. We've got beavers in the hangar. We're looking at glaciers out the window and uh, we have Aircraft and helicopter flying over us nonstop uh here at the beginning of tourist season in Juneau.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Steve. And it was an amazing flight out there today. And there's a lot to see today.
0: Yeah, that. thanks for uh, arranging that weather. Yeah, no, it worked. Yeah, <laughs> I just
2: I just said it in the books and it worked.
0: <laughs> so um again, uh so pleased to be here. And I uh before we go any further, just want to give a huge shout out to everyone here at Alaska seaplanes you guys have just been amazing and allowing us to kind of see this incredible operation and uh, take us flying and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a great conversation about it Uh, but let's talk about your background so you are a local you uh, hail from uh, very close to here actually
2: so I grew up in Gustavus Alaska it's just about 35 miles to the west of here Really small town. It's a little bigger now, but when I grew up, it was just about 300 or so people.
0: 300 people. Yes. (laughs) I think the high school had about two people graduating when I did. A class of two. (laughs) So um, I guess it was, you don't want to graduate third in your class then. No, you really don't.
2: (laughs) And unfortunately, I wasn't first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Hey, well, if you can't be number one, uh, two's not bad. There you go. So uh, that's awesome. So, what was it like growing up here? I mean, because uh, this is kind of real Alaska. I mean, it's it, number one, it's drop dead gorgeous, and number two, it's can be very remote here.
2: Yeah, it can be extremely remote, especially out there. We didn't even have a, when I grew up. There was no ferries. So it was only aviation in and out of uh, Gustavus, and you know, there's a lot of subs- uh, subsistence like hunting and fishing, and that's really how we actually did get the majority of our stuff. Yeah. And it was, um,
0: you're definitely living pretty, pretty wild sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you go from growing up in a community with 300 people, a uh, class of two, and you end up getting involved in aviation? Your family was in aviation. Right?
2: Yes, yeah, so my family was in aviation. My uncle was especially in aviation. He started some companies out of uh, Gustavus and flying Cherokee Sixes and such. I was uh, just probably. You know, I remember that as a little kid, but probably five years old when I actually started remembering some of that stuff. Um, my uh-huh. grandpa, he was—he always wanted to fly. Um, he was colorblind, and I know he bought Alaska when he was eighteen, and uh, he unfortunately got colorblind, had to sell it, but he was still working in aviation his pretty much his whole life for Alaska Airlines, actually. Really? And it's always been kind of a—you know—aviation was a big part of everything we did as you know growing up. My immediate family, like my mom and dad, they didn't have anything to do with aviation, but
0: it was all around me at all times. Oh, that's incredible. Um, that that you know, and it, and that's important. But to to see that happen here, of all places, and that's great. I mean, in Alaska, we just did a, a seminar up at the uh, Alaska Aviation Gathering, where I talked about um, the state of the nation for seaplane pilots. And oddly enough, here in Alaska, in the last twenty years, uh, you guys have lost like. 35 percent of the seaplane pilot population so to see this generational where where you're following uh, uh, the generations before you is very important in a place like alaska because uh, oddly enough we are shedding seaplane pilots here in the state
2: yeah i mean it's this is an industry we definitely like to see more you know younger people getting into it it's not it's not too many people my age really doing it. I feel like we um, need to get
0: more. We need to get more, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned your uh, grandfather worked for uh, uh, Alaska Airlines, yeah, and actually Alaska Coastal before it became. Alaska So that's Airlines. where I was going with yeah. that. So uh, unless, uh, in case you don't know, uh, which probably most people don't know, uh, Juno has a uh, pretty significant uh, part of history for Alaska Airlines as it was uh, actually just a couple miles down the road yeah. um, is what was the genesis of the beginning of the airline so the very beginning
2: was up in interior I'm not totally sure yeah you know the exact details but when he was working there they were running you know, lots of Grumman Gooses Alaska Coastal yeah and they were doing a lot of the stuff that we do now
0: basically the blue like, hanger yeah, downtown exactly. which is now a, re- a restaurant so do you know the history of the, all that i mean uh what what i mean because it's pretty significant i mean seaplanes were coming in here i saw photos in there of uh the first uh uh bottles of alcohol coming in after the end of prohibition You're right and the first uh air-to-air refueling uh to extend the flights yep uh was in a seaplane um, and uh, really interesting history. And again, uh, Coastal um, became kind of morphed into, uh, evolved into Alaska Airlines. Yeah, right? I think
2: Alaska Airlines was a group of different airlines up north and Alaska yeah. Coastal all kind of came All together. kind of
0: merged together yeah. and did their thing. Uh, so pretty cool. Uh, wonderful history. And again, to see it preserved here. Um, is good. So uh start out flying. I know you were rather young. You you were you went through you started on a mechanic track, right? And then
2: Yeah, so as a kid growing up I was really interested in the mechanic side of things. I had four wheelers and cars and I was always working on stuff like that and it just kind of that was the next thing was well, AMP probably. So I went up to Fairbanks to do the quick uh one year degree up there. And then um that was I was seventeen when I actually completed that. You have to be eighteen to be an A and P. So I did another year up there. Did some little odd jobs around the
0: airport and stuff, working on Mm -hmm. stuff
2: just for people.
0: A lot similar to this airport in the fact that they've got a big runway and they've got a pond that's parallel to the runway. Yep,
2: yep. (laughs) It's actually really similar in how everything operates there. But um, so,
0: eighteen, you become an A and P. How long did you do that? And and you know how do you end up in a pilot seat? Right. So I. You know, I started being an AMP for a co- local company in Juneau
2: here, Ward Air, and I spent um, basically three years there. And then uh, I, I, I have a wife and two kids. But when I had that kid, I needed um, I needed to go up to Anchorage, basically. <laughs> so I went up to Anchorage for six months and worked actually for Guardian Flight okay. as a mechanic, okay. just on Lears and stuff. Realized Which is a uh, air ambulance
0: service, air ambulance yeah. in
2: Anchorage, yeah. And then realized, you know, that kind of those kind of planes, they just don't interest me, like. Like uh, well, like beavers, do. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I had an opportunity actually to work for an airline in Gustavus at the time, and I worked there for about a year. Um, unfortunately, that company went under, and then I I went back to Ward Air for uh, another three years, and then uh, with with SeaPlanes now. But I was in A for most of that. The second time going back to Ward Air, I slowly transitioned into the flying side. I've been flying privately since uh, I first got to Juno
0: at eighteen. Wow, a little one hundred and forty that I bought, and that yeah, was, we were talking about yeah. that. We're fellow uh, one hundred twenty one hundred and forty owners, and he yeah. said, "Oh, there is this white and red one hundred and forty on floats down in Florida." And I was like, "Yeah, that's mine." I was, really it was surprised that it was yours. I, <laughs> I actually
2: saw that thing about uh, four years ago, probably. I it went was to Florida. Jones Brothers. I went to uh, Travers right? Travers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I saw it there. And I was looking at it. And I was like, uh, "My plane hadn't been on floats at that point, and I was still working." It took me years to get. It was a long passion of mine to get mine on floats. And I remember looking at that and being like, I got it. That was like the last push. And I actually I did get it on floats about two years ago. And it oh, was that's really awesome. Exciting. Good to
0: see us 121.40 guys on floats. Uh, real useful. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sure fun. 145 pound useful load. <laughs> yeah. And it's a good thing you weigh 98 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I wish that was
2: the case. Uh, maybe not that low.
0: <laughs> so you saw it. Uh, Jones Brothers had purchased it from me and, oh, okay. um, when I bought the Super Cub. And uh, so it wasn't mine then. And, um but uh, it's interesting that you saw it, and then of course I've had a 120 since 1997, 1998, and that was my my wife uh, got a diamond or a engagement ring, and and I got an airplane for our engagement. So. Oh, perfect! <laughs> <laughs> no, they're great little
2: airplanes. I learned a lot in that thing, flying it back and forth, and it's a good stick and rudder
0: airplane for sure. Yeah, and you still have something now, right? You have the you have the uh, 140. Uh, actually, I did finally sell. The okay. And you we were talking about you put it on 31s. Uh for a little 30. bit. It was
2: on 31s for a little bit. It was a pretty funny looking airplane. And that's one ones. way to make a
0: statement. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Tires are bigger than the airplane. But uh I
0: ended up with yeah, Goodyear 26s that worked yeah. way better. And which good, are perfect for the airplane. Yeah. Perfect. They're really well matched to the airplane. So um uh did I think you have something now though, right? Yeah, I so I'm sitting out on the ramp here. Yeah, I got a Cherokee,
2: yeah, the old Skagway Airbird actually. Yeah, so it's a good little airplane to go back and forth from Gustavus and Chile Ah,
0: that's and great. Kinda, you know. So uh, let's talk about Juneau a little bit. So we're sitting here, a um, couple of interesting things. So probably most people don't realize it, it's the second largest city in the United States by area <laughs> <laughs> caveat <laughs> asterisk, asterisk next to that statement uh, by area because they basically incorporated everything we can see yeah city and borough just <laughs> yeah, so, the... so uh, and, uh and oddly enough the largest city uh in the united states is sitka which, yeah, which is even <laughs> has
2: considerably less about a quarter of the size of General,
0: so. <laughs> so there you have it we just go big uh, in Alaska, and it was funny because I was interviewing the mayor of Anchorage a couple of years ago uh, for a video that we were doing, and he's like, he was so proud because he was like, I am the mayor of the largest city in the l- largest state in the United States. And of course, you know, population-wise, that didn't mean a whole lot right. at the time. Yep. It meant less five years ago than it does now because yeah. Anchorage has grown so much, but he was so proud because he was like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the mayor of the largest City in the largest state in the United States. And it's pretty common, <laughs> Alaska stuff. <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, but that's pretty cool. So, you know, to give people kind of an idea, there's officially 32,000 people in, in the city, but um, not, I, I, I haven't seen where 32,000 people were
2: gathered. Right. It's, you know, decently spread out. Basically, have the valley, downtown. Yeah, there's not one big area. So Downtown think, so. is about a mile, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty small.
0: it's <laughs> so, pretty much it's the tourism hub. And uh on on the water. So you have uh, a lot of docks, uh twenty foot tides. Yeah. That's, um that's so good. big tides. We have big tides here for sure. Uh one hundred and thirty eight glaciers within fifty
2: miles. Yeah, that's something twice. like that. Yeah, it's it's amazing how many. I mean just right above us. As you were saying earlier, you can just see basically the Mitten Glacier where we're sitting. But that whole area up there just has, yeah, dozens and dozens of glaciers.
0: Yeah. And and, and if you hear background noise, it's because they're probably hoisting a beaver in back of us to put it on uh, floats. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you hear noise, that's what's going on because they were getting ready to do that out in the hangar. Uh, but uh, literally, yes, standing on the ramp here at the airport or down at the float pond, uh, you can look out and see Uh the ice wall at uh, Mendenhall, which is...
2: Yeah, it's a nice way to start a tour, just like
0: right when you take yeah, off. by okay, the way... guys, look
2: out for your right. You got
0: a glacier right. y- Our tour's done. Yep, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> when you can see it. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. Uh, so one of the biggest things here is obvious that the biggest driver for the economy is really tourism. Um, we're here... What, the second week of May? (laughs) I don't even know. what it's. We've been on the road so long. But second week of May, um, the first cruise ships are starting to come in. uh, And that's really the big driver of the local economy.
2: Yeah, it's Uh, definitely the big driver here. I mean, you know, everything supports it here. And
0: a lot of money flows into Judo. I think we saw, what, four uh, in and out today. I think there's three down at the docks right now. Yeah,
2: I think they can hold up to five now
0: talking about bringing four or 5,000 or more people yeah. in on each ship into a town that downtown's a mile long. Yep. Almost doubles our population. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we were talking about that earlier. Crazy. Uh, but, you know, so with the cruise ship, so there's a, a really interesting byproduct uh, to the local economy. And that's the fact that this place needs a lot of pilots and a lot of mechanics and a lot of aviation support
2: people yeah no we need this place needs a lot of
0: yeah a lot of support for sure I mean, so we got
2: tons of helicopters and oh uh, yeah, yeah
0: helicopters let's talk helicopters yeah. uh there are something like 56 helicopters uh that are based here at the airport in juno and they go out in like squadrons
1: of five
2: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> flights, flights of, of five, five yeah there'll be like three of them going out at one time it's like a bunch of little mosquitoes out there
0: <laughs> it's it's unbelievable and uh uh so again for the from a pilot perspective you guys are hiring and need a lot of you got several seaplane operators here in juneau you have wards uh you have uh, fishing game or uh national park Uh, They got a Beaver here, yeah. With the Beaver, it's for service. For service, Wings Airways, Wings Airways. Yeah. So there's multiple operators doing commercial ops and government operations, uh, flying seaplanes, and again, ton of uh, helicopter pilots. But again, it's not limited to that. You guys need maintenance, you need support, and everything else. So if you want to come someplace and work in aviation, this is a a pretty cool place to do it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Mining, which I didn't realize. Uh, you guys have two uh, significant mines. Uh, one is gold, and then one is all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah, so, you know, historically, Gino's always had a lot of mines. I mean, right in yep. town, there's been some, a lot of stuff there. But two operationally, you know, that are currently going. Mm-hmm. That's Kensington, just north of us, and they hire that's, that's a lot of people there. Several hundred people, Yeah, they? yeah. for sure. And then um, Greens Creek, just to the south of us. Yeah. And they're doing, you know, all, to, all sorts of kind of metal, but not gold
0: okay and they're not done. yeah and we saw um, well we'll talk about it when we get into the flight uh fisheries still alive and well
2: yeah they're still going you know we have ups and downs in the fisheries for sure and just like any other industry and it's still a major source for a lot of you know for juno itself and especially for the smaller villages yeah it's still a pretty big part of
1: it yeah very good fish here
0: there you go. Hey, don't eat anything else uh, we had a salmon uh, spread for lunch uh sitting down there downtown and it was just incredible and so the the original uh building uh where they operated the seaplanes downtown is still there and uh while it looks much different in many ways, they've tried to preserve a lot of the history, and they're still flying seaplanes in downtown.
2: Yeah, still flying them in and out of there, and like the, the pictures, you probably saw them on the walls when you walk yeah. in there. There's a lot of—I mean, it's a really historical building for sure. Amazing. They would lift those airplanes from the water. and the All hangar, the way up. Yeah, up into the hangar we're talking about like, they had a lot of pbys there they had uh they were using granal.
0: pbys for commercial service yeah 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 no for sure for passenger service yeah.
2: those are big planes yeah and lifting
0: <laughs> them up on gantries yep. uh, to put them in the hangar yeah and then like you know before it had
2: of densens too there's a lot of, a lot of you know, like four place stencils and that kind of stuff amazing Played back in the day
0: but, so yeah. uh if you um if you come to juno Uh, especially as a pilot or any aviation enthusiast, you have to go down to the hangar. It's very easy to see bright blue building right on the water. Um, And not only can you see all this aviation history, they have great local food uh, and great local beer. Uh, And uh, then also uh, the seaplanes are operating in and out of there. So uh, for, for seaplane guys, it's, it's a special place. Um, You guys are also the state capital in Juneau. So, uh, 32,000 people and you're the state capital and the only state capital in the United States that is not accessible by road yeah
2: no way to get here other than eh, airplane or boat I guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) so which is pretty darn cool uh we were we were on the highway and I was like Carter look up look at how long this road is because uh you cannot get to Juneau by road uh, you can get here by water or air, and those are your two options. And it's the state capital, which is amazing that you're running the state capital of the largest um, state in the country by landmass, and you can't even get to the state capital by road. It's just awesome. Yeah. I just and like if you really try, you
2: want to go on a little road trip or something with the family or whatever. <laughs> You can get to about a forty-five minute drive, and that's about it. All the way from one into the other. <laughs> yeah, until the road stops. Yep, and then you're going back. It's say, like uh,
0: you know? one thing you don't have to worry about. You rent the rent a car here, and they're like, "Yeah, so you're gonna." We know you're within a ten-mile circle. You're not going to go very far. Yeah, no, it's uh,
2: not a, not a lot of uh, driving opportunities.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, the people in Anchorage will tell you they're all the politicians are down there in Juneau where we want them isolated. So. <laughs> That's, that's a good point. Yep. But, uh, uh, again, uh, with Carter traveling with us, uh, God forbid I fail to mention uh, to any pilot that um, if uh, you're a normal pilot type, uh, you have to come to Juneau for the beer because that's one of their biggest export products.
2: Yeah, Alaska Brewing Company is, um, you see them all down south, and it's a big thing here for sure. You and it, it is
0: brewed here in Juneau. Yep. Uh, And I know uh, when we finish this, we'll probably be enjoying uh, one or two of them, maybe one or two, no more than two. (laughs) Sure. So let's talk about um, the background of Alaska seaplanes. Um, They're celebrating, you guys are celebrating like 25 years. Yeah, just over 25 years now. Um, That's pretty amazing. Uh, Great history. It's morphed. There's been a lot of like, we were part of one company, kind of like everything in Alaska, generations yep. and, and morphing, and one company joins another company, and management kind of comes and and comes from another company, but then it, you know it all kind of melds together.
2: Yeah, no, and it, you know it, the first one would have been the the Loken started it, and they had two beavers and a 185. And that's kind of like the beginning of what is Alaska seaplanes. I mm-hmm. will still say, I mean, you know, most of our management and everybody up top is still very local and.
0: It's, um, it's still a very local business, really. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Uh, so they're very diverse. Uh, the, the mission, uh, the aircraft. So you guys are operating um, 206s on floats, on amphibs. Correct. Um, the Caravan, both with the Texas turbine conversion on the amphibs and the EX. Yeah, and the EX is just on wheels,
2: but the, okay. the floats we have, the caravan on Floats is yeah, Texas Turbine. Okay. And it's the short.
0: Yep. So. Which I like. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> and then uh b- 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 and beavers. And beavers. Yeah. Can't forget the beaver. Is, no, cannot forget the beaver. And they're nine eighty five beavers. Yep. So uh which is wonderful. And but you also have um the EX on wheels and then also PC twelves. P C twelves, yeah. And you guys are doing an amazing amount of flying uh, with these aircraft. So something like 15 aircraft and almost a 50-50 split, seaplanes and land planes. Um, Obviously, uh, a lot of – you guys are doing scheduled service uh, right out of the main terminal. Again, the main terminal is – uh, not that large. Not that large. <laughs> Matter of fact, I went to get a cup of coffee. I can't find a cup of coffee. It's not. Well, we'll put it that way. It's so small that yeah. Unless you go back in 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 your guys' crew area, you probably can't get, get a cup of coffee. You probably in the can't airport. find any there,
2: there. might be that little <laughs> restaurant upstairs, but yeah, there you go.
0: So. Uh, nice nice variety of aircraft uh you're operating off of the runway when you can but uh, we've got a flow pond right here uh running parallel uh, which is really cool uh great slips uh little, some little side slips some transients and amphib ramp uh i wouldn't drink the water in it but yeah.
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not <laughs> a little bit of gas probably
0: <laughs> but uh a great little pond uh but we were talking about some of the uh, challenges because uh, it's it's not a lake. It runs in one direction and it's not uh, very wide. So yeah. uh, crosswind landing stuff uh, in the pond is pretty critical.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's certain winds that come into Juno here that are blowing like off the glacier. You get a pretty good crosswind and westerly. Got those trees right across the side and they've got openings and you get all these
0: gusts kind of running through them, just r- right through them. Yeah, at the wrong time, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing. I mean, you guys are doing. A tremendous amount of, I and I guess it's amazing for, especially maybe for people that haven't been exposed to uh, Alaska operations, but yeah. the amount of cargo uh, that you're doing, the combi flights that you guys are doing yep. uh, is is really significant. Uh, you're, matter of fact, uh, you're building a whole new uh, freight terminal.
2: Yeah, no, it's surprising. I mean, last sea had to grow a ton with just the amount of freight mail and all this stuff that goes to all these villages no roads
0: to them so like this is their basically the lifeline of getting all their stuff you guys were doing and, all the covid vaccine oh yeah uh, for for the area yeah and uh impressively um something like 10,000 pounds of mail a day on average
2: yeah that's on average
0: and that's Unz- what we got to
2: move every day so if
0: you 10, can imagine 10,000 pounds and by the way the pilots have to sort it and get it loaded on the airplane
2: yeah there's a lot of loading for sure this is not a hands-off
0: job <laughs> you don't show up to
2: the airplane with it pre-loaded for you
0: <laughs> so it's pretty impressive because they're building a new facility and it's really uh interesting because it's being built by the company but it's actually part of the terminal right. or, or, or attached to the terminal i mean there might be six inches between the buildings yeah. Um, but also uh, in the existing facility, we, you know, we went through that today. I mean, it's a big building uh, in its own, and it's just the sorting and storage facility for the all the cargo that's coming in and the mail that's coming in that's going out. And, and that's like short-term storage. Yeah, exactly. And it's unbelievably well organized. I mean, by the destination, um, there'll be a, a row of pallets uh, by the destination, and we saw a big boat engine in there uh yep. inboard boat engine today on a pallet uh down to again the someone's pop tarts or whatever's going out to a yeah no,
2: you' haul some everything you can imagine
0: uh, live animals <laughs> live oh, there animals. was the, the, the area for live animals yes yep. No,
2: yeah for sure
0: and then the freezers yeah uh so you have refrigeration for the stuff that's going out again to these remote locations you know, a lot of people are getting groceries through this i mean that's yeah how they, yeah so it's, it's very expensive groceries <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah uh but it's again hyper organized with the little magnets uh that go on the refrigerator letting you know everything even out on the ramp uh the uh, uh the refrigeration out there and the organization uh with the magnets saying where what's in there and where it's going you know there's there's stuff in here that's going out to XYZ yeah. locations.
2: With all these different places we're going to, like, you know, it can get... you got to be really organized to get everything to where it needs to be. And that new freight building, you know, will just make everything way more efficient and streamlined on getting stuff to all these destinations.
0: And then you guys are maintaining these 15-plus aircraft uh, by by uh, within the company. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, again, we're remote, and one of the conversations, something between being in special operations and the military, and then also I, I had a period of my life where I was doing support for aircraft in South Africa and Namibia and places like that, and AOG is a big deal. And you guys are the same way. I mean, you're, it, you're not going down to all here. No. <laughs>
2: There's, yeah, nothing, you know, Anchorage is going to be our closest thing. And how long does that take in
0: one of your airplanes? Oh yeah, yeah, not couple it, hours. It'd Be
2: a couple hours.
0: <laughs> so um, their bench stock here is is very impressive by necessity, and then again the the capabilities uh, that you guys have uh, painting a couple of the aircraft yep. uh, just recently, um, a
2: whole beaver in house, and yeah,
0: great stuff doing pretty you know extensive. Uh, maintenance again out of, out of necessity to keep the airplanes on the line. Uh, and everything is super clean. Everyone that we've come in contact with is super friendly and super happy and very professional. And, and that's one thing that really strikes me um, uh, about what I see here. And, and it really um, goes to the, the literally the logo that the company uses, which is flying to a higher standard. And, and I think that from what I've seen is, is, you know, the way this operation is being run.
2: Yeah, no, everything, the, you know, the communication between the departments and this company is great. I
0: always think the like pilots and mechanics especially, it's a great relationship everybody has. That's awesome. And we're talking probably approaching 200 people. I mean, it's a big operation between uh, uh, running the terminal side, the maintenance side, the support side. You guys have your own fuel trucks. Yep. You have your own tugs you have everything you and all mean? these
2: outstations they've all you know they've all got Same employees thing. there wow and and how many line pilots uh, we've probably got uh, about mid 30s and i think it's like summer. a
0: 50 50 split just like the aircraft yeah. like 15 seaplane pilots mm-hmm. yep. and most of those are, are year round um about half about half yeah. and and again what makes your operation different than the helicopter operators or some of the other operations is that you're not seasonal uh, because you're doing all this cargo and the mail and everything else, you guys are actually able to re- to operate year-round. Right. And we're really just getting limited by the fact that in the summer we'll fly
2: because the days are so long up here in Alaska, right? Yeah. We'll have to have two shifts. But in the winter, we get down to some pretty minimal hours. Four or five hours. Right. Because yeah. well, we're a little further south, it's not as bad as Anchorage. But, yeah. you know, nine to three
0: nine three li- <laughs> six hours yeah, yeah. okay so it's not great uh that's that's unbelievable and you're doing charters you're going out to lodges yep and uh you're taking fishermen or or you know outdoorsmen out to uh the forest service uh cabins and yeah. stuff like that no absolutely we'll take all these different
2: charters to all these lakes we got a lot of bear viewing charters too. um summer with the tourism and, There's a lot of different places we go to. There's a lot of
0: variety. We look for bear. I didn't see any. I don't think you saw one. (laughs) I didn't see any. Carter says he saw one uh, on our flight. So, um, uh, so anyway, just an amazing amount of aircraft uh, diversity, and I think one of the biggest things here, uh, weather. Yeah, no
2: weather here can be challenging for sure. You know, we've got a lot of different. Subclimates going on in here sometimes. I feel like,
0: and we were talking about that. I mean, just the different uh, temperatures of uh, the air coming off of the glaciers. Yeah, no, you get thermals everywhere, and Uh, glaciers have thermals. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) The other direction. A lot of people
0: wouldn't think about that, (laughs) Uh, and then you make the transition to the water. Yep. Uh, you get the, the uphill drafts and the downhill drafts on the mountains. Yeah, and we're dealing with
2: so many you know mountains right next to the water and just, just mountain flying techniques all
0: just right in the middle if of the If you want this. to learn mountain fly, you better know mountain flying, but you're going to learn every day out here. And then I think the thing that was amazing, and I saw it when we took off, but then as we talked about it and we could actually look down and see these areas where microbursts, just plowing down areas of trees yeah. and, and you see a forest and then you see a one acre spot where the trees are just spread and laid down and i said well what ki- you know what kind this is kind of sloppy logging how are they doing this you know and you're like no that's microburst." Yeah, it's in the
2: winter you'll find that all the time you'll be flying flying angoon or whatever and it's fine next day you fly over and you're like when did that happen
0: <laughs> and and i mean these are like spru- full-size spruce trees Lay down huge trees. Yeah. You'll lose uh, hundreds of them in
2: one big burst. It's bizarre. With the winter winds around here can get wild.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, flying these airplanes, and and again, a lot of times you'll have very low ceilings. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of weather to contend with. It's I cold. See.
2: We're doing amphibs in the cold and everything. And, you know, and we were
0: talking about that, yeah. uh, dealing with uh, below freezing with amphibs yeah. uh, coming off of water. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of different techniques you can do to help not freeze up, but, you know, it, it happens. Lower the gear after uh, takeoff. Yep. Uh, exercise away. everything. Let it dry out a little bit. Yeah. And then, we, you know, we, we'll spray everything down in the
2: morning with some sort of anti-moisture deal. Just try to keep some oil. Yeah dry WD-40 or something. Just and to try sometimes and,
0: you know, you'll go out and land in the water before coming back to the airport.
2: Yeah, if we can't get the gear down, you know, can't get a light. Generally, the gear is down. Just yeah. doesn't. it's not all the way. We'll have to land and de in the water because the water out there is freezing, obviously. So. Yeah.
0: Slowly heat the plane back. <laughs> it's amazing. <Yeah. laughs> Absolutely amazing. Um, the amount of activity at this airport... Is staggering right now at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's just the beginning. And I'm I'm not even seeing peak of season. Oh, for sure. Like in
2: the middle of the summer, trying to get on frequency, I think we were talking about that earlier, can be
0: difficult. So we're talking GA aircraft. Yep. We had a C-17 come earlier. We have medevac Learjets and such uh, going out. Uh, Helicopters by the swarm. Uh, Seaplanes and and all of this is operating in a very confined n- number one we're kind of in a bowl here yeah we're in a bowl
2: in juno and you know like the water lanes parallel with the
0: single runway yeah and all the
2: helicopters are basically right on the taxiway of that runway so it's just
0: you're you're landing and we saw a video earlier i think you shot it of of a 737 with the beaver approach and and i'm sure the the passengers of the 737 got a a much closer view of a beaver in flight than they've ever seen from a 737.
2: Yeah. I mean, you'll, sometimes you'll be landed on the pond and you'll be parallel with a, you know, a boat Landing. and you're like a couple of wingspans away, it feels like at least. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it is, uh, and, and again, the coordination to have this density and diversity. Again, C-17s, swarms of A-stars, uh, like five at a time in trail. Uh, and they go out and they take the cruise ship passengers and fly the glaciers and do their thing and come back. And uh, it's it's staggering. There's something like 56 helicopters
2: yep. based on Sounds the airport. Yeah, right. I give a shout out to like ATC. They do a really good job in Juno. These guys are really good at.
0: So you if know, you're listening and you them. work in the tower in Juneau, there might be a position for you at AirVenture once a year. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: imagine that gets pretty crazy too. <laughs>
0: Oh, God almighty. Um, So um, it is just unbelievable. Let's talk about today's flight because you made a dream come true. And again, the entire team here at Alaska Seaplanes made a dream come true for me today. I've been wanting to come to Juneau my whole life. Uh, We come to Alaska every year and and expand our support, which is why we're here. Um, And I've been coming for like 23 years, and I've never been down to southeast. Uh, and it, you delivered today. So number one, weather was absolutely perfect, uh, and take off out of here, uh, circle back and go along downtown, uh, see the cruise ships, I see some otters coming off the water, uh, and then fly out and, uh, really get to see, um, what this area is like, um, I mean, you can tell me. We 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 did Turner Lake.
2: Yeah. We so I mean, it was just a beautiful day. We went up the uh, Taku Glacier, basically yep. Taku River. Yep. and Saw the glaciers up there. There's there's a lot. There's four different glaciers you see
0: basically. Right there. I mean, right, right there, there. Yeah. yeah. The uh, what is it the Hole in the Wall Glacier yep. coming through where it breaks through a little pass there. Yeah. Right and, in front of the lodge there. It's and there's just, a lodge across the river, and they take a lot of the cruise ship. Uh, People, I guess, out to that lodge and land the otters there, and then they can look out across and see the beautiful glacier there. Um, And then we went in a little bit further and circled around, came over the glaciers, Uh, and then uh, went into Turner Lake, which is still frozen. Yeah, uh, I It's normally, breaking up. Part of the flight scene, thing, I normally fly in there. It's just
2: a beautiful lake to fly into. The, the color of the water, too, is just amazing. When go, you in can see the yeah, yeah. go in through a little pass. Yeah,
0: go in through a little pass between the mountains yep. into this beautiful lake with— huge walls on either side yeah no they they're well above you when you're in there for sure <laughs> uh and waterfalls right now going down everywhere down these vertical walls and, and again these walls are god i i, I have no idea because we never made it to a thousand feet yeah they were way above us uh, Way above
2: us. i'm sure you that'd be three thousand to clear most of those
0: three thousand foot think, vertical walls way. coming out of Pretty this much. little lake yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing and you know, relevant to what we're doing here is we're rebuilding the Alaska Cabins website that we inherited from Tom Bass. Uh, Bill Rusk, who helps us maintain it, just did a presentation up at the Alaska uh, Airman Show um, in Palmer. And even though I've been working these Alaska cabins uh, for a long time, working on rebuilding the site and taking ownership of it and hearing about this amazing resource of all these forest service cabins that the public can use that are pretty remote cabins, um, I got to see probably two of the best ones at Turner Lake uh, today. We couldn't land there because it was in between.
2: Yeah, it probably wouldn't go so well. (laughs)
0: Uh, But uh, one of the best ones in the whole system is on uh, on the uh, lake there. And then we went around uh and uh, uh went to taku harbor yep and landed there and uh went to actually got to visit one of and take photos inside uh and spend some time inside the cabin there in the campsite
2: yeah no they're they're a great resource for around southeast and tons of locals use them for everything you can imagine just for little camping trips and hunting and they're just a Beautiful opportunity for people to go see for sure.
0: So these are like some of them are like log cabins, some of them are, are various materials, uh, but generally they all have a wood stove in them. Uh, they're very, uh, we'll say, rustic. Yeah, some are some are worse than others. You know,
2: there's there's g- different generations of these cabins. There's been yeah. some there's some old ones for sure, and the newer ones. There's some oil burners in some of them, and some of them are pretty comfortable.
0: A lot of them are accessible by seaplane. Uh, some yeah. of them are accessible by uh, uh we'll say remote uh, land landing uh not i wouldn't say they even have a strip in in a lot of cases but you can get there with big tires yeah you can probably do that this and uh uh they have little fire circles the forest service goes out and puts boats uh at, at the cabins or yep. you guys have carried boats out i yep. guess uh, to the cabins so they they have a john boat uh they'll have uh, the forest service stocks them with firewood and the, again they'll either have an oral oil burning stove or a wood burning stove um we were out there and there was a uh, wood burning stove i think out there at this one uh, and beautiful location and and no one else around no one else around i think you saw in on that one they stock the firewood pretty yeah. good
2: too so you don't yeah. even have that a lot of times you don't have to bring it's always a good idea, but like they have.
1: You should replace what you use, yeah. yeah, if you can, for sure,
0: uh, and leave some oil behind if it's an oil burner. Oh yeah, and uh, each one of them has a little logbook, and of course we're going to get into this with Bill Rusk, but it was just so cool today because we're we're knee deep in uh, rebuilding this website, and I spend so much time talking about these things, and I haven't actually been to one, yeah. so to go. Well, through I'm glad a, we have made the because that was that was perfect. <laughs> Uh, get and back for it. Great landing. Thank there you, you very much. Every once in a while I get lucky. <laughs> and I said, there's a little <laughs> spot right there. It's, it looks like the spot. <laughs> uh, and we got to see some uh, uh, otters coming back in, uh, flying in front of us, which was kind of cool. Watch them come on and land next to the cruise ships and stuff, um, which was, was all good. Uh, and again, uh, the beauty, I think the beauty, the scale. Uh, of this is just hard to communicate to someone in photos. I was trying to take photos. I was trying to take video, but Photos never do justice. It it does. It's just, you just can't communicate this stuff because it, it is absolutely amazing. But going back to, I guess, one of the things that really impressed me, you know, and again, a big thing that we're here doing in Alaska is safety training. Uh, And, you guys have a amazing culture kind of skipped over that talking about the company and I want to go back to it because you guys we're here doing duck training I've wanted to bring a dunker to to uh, Anchorage and Fairbanks for years we finally got it done this year we trained 73 pilots in the sessions that we did with the dunker training in water heat bottle deployment and or I mean a PFD deployment and we let everyone use heat bottles, which I've wanted to do for years. But I get here and you guys, yeah, we, we train the staff with dunkers.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's, a, they definitely focus on training here.
0: Uh, and the safety yeah. culture uh, talking about what the pilots, uh, you know, go through. Uh, and I guess, you know, maybe talk to me about like an onboarding. What's it look like for an No, on- number one, what are they looking for for a pilot for a hire? Uh, what kind of times? We got time? I mean, you know, for
2: the looking for about fifteen hundred total, fifteen hundred okay. for you know total time for flying the caravans on wheels. Okay, um, for floats, you know, it's a couple hundred hours on floats is really what we're looking for. Yeah,
1: Probably and you need that, hundred. really. You
2: really need. This is a pretty technical, challenging area to fly in. Um, and have some experience under your belt is nicer for you know. To be able to train a little bit easier to train, yeah. but you
0: guys are still going to spend a lot
2: of time training someone for sure. They spend a lot of time, you know, focusing on each person. Every place we land is so technical too. There's a lot of different. There's so many variables that go into all this that you got to learn this whole environment. Every place has its own current system. Yeah, talk, system. talk about.
0: It. So, what are some of the challenges? I mean, again, for someone who's just listening to this, what are some of the challenges that they're going to be faced with, or that their pilots going to be? Based with
2: right so you know generally just the, the visibility here everything can change so quick here we have a lot of we have a lot of fog here we've got a lot of rain it's rainforest <laughs> rainforest so you know you know minimal rainforest visibility is, they have fog too yeah, so yeah. exactly pretty pretty constant sometimes especially in fall um you know lower ceilings all the time we're dealing with pretty decent winds um and decent yeah <laughs> that's nice yeah, there you go yeah.
0: uh what kind of winds uh we were talking about some of the hundred mile an hour plus winds that can occur locally. Yeah. This Taku winds in the winter. They'll blow,
2: they'll blow upwards of actually more than hundred miles an hour over the top of like Sheep mountain, which is above downtown.
0: You'll wake up in the morning and see just snow above, just above downtown, downtown where we just flew yeah, yeah. six miles. You don't way. want to be in that
2: <laughs> flight path when it's Taku. wind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it even has its own name. Taku yeah. Winds. <laughs> yeah. The taku winds. No, they're, uh, they're yeah. serious. So, um, uh, yeah. And, uh, but again yeah you have 20 foot tides here yeah
2: so like some yeah, of these we
0: we had to worry about that when we were uh beaching the airplane yeah. and and deciding how far we were going to get away from it <laughs> exactly the
2: plane <laughs> just keeps floating
0: yeah i know like some of these places we landed too are you know
2: they're part of salt water but they're inside of small coves with small entrances especially angoon and on, on a big tide like that that waters the current can be Brutal. really strong yeah. i mean it's um it's something you got to for sure. Take you were into saying even
0: la- relatively large boats, yeah, can get out there and struggle. Oh yeah, for sure. Been, it, on the
2: coast by like Elfin Cove and stuff. There's so, some wicked currents that go through there. Yeah, I
0: so mean, be out there with a two hundred six or yeah, you're, you're, you're not
2: know. you're not landing in that area. Yeah. Two hundred six. If
0: you do, you've done something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or had a bad day. Yeah, because almost all these waters in the
2: coastal part of Southeast comes through, just couple little passages on the coast and yeah. all that water's got to come in and out
0: in and out through yeah little little channels you know, so dealing with
2: current dealing with different winds bad visibility and it's challenging but it's a lot of fun there's just a lot of
0: oh a lot of areas. that's what we like about it exactly but but they're not if, if you're looking to fly for the airlines and you're looking for a uh a show up and fly it uh mentality uh this might not be the place to come. What's yeah, what's an average day look like? Because the pilots are doing a lot more than flying, right? For sure. You know, we're um, you know in general, we do
2: have a, a, a lot of ramp supports. So they, they do help us load and stuff. But I mean, we will be we'll be showing up here in the morning. Their planes are generally in the hangar in the winter, especially, and we're going through them doing you know good hour long pre flight and all that. And then uh, there's mail, there's UPS, there's freight, and you got to basically coordinate all that. Together, the pilots coordinate. The pilots but, really, and you know, everyone works together. This company's great with just yeah. everyone does work together on it, and it is fairly streamlined. Um, but you're generally carrying a couple passengers. You're doing all these, like you were saying, combination flights. You're netting off as far as you up, as you can yeah. to get as much cargo as you can in there, and you got to move
0: a lot of stuff by the end of the day. And it's, these are lifeline to all these communities. Yeah, you're how really, many are are you going out and doing like a circuit and stopping here stopping there uh or are you shuttling back and forth coming back to base and shuttling back out uh, uh we're always coming back yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a because couple of fuel, i mean
2: yeah. yeah fuel and weight is is exactly a big thing. especially on the float side with the amphibs and stuff you're, you're weight limited a lot 206 yeah 206 <laughs> very weight limited but there's a few flights we do combination stops for it. yeah so we do actually you know isolate certain things in the plane we have like two people getting dropped off here and two people there and Every flight has its challenges, and you're,
0: you're setting the whole thing up pretty much. Well, you know, what I was thinking, I was like, I can cancel my gym membership if I came and work here, because I think the pilots throw a lot of fish boxes. Yeah. <laughs> there was always a joke there. you Most people lose, like, a good 10, 15 pounds and they
2: start working here, because it, it's really yeah. physical, for you, sure.
0: You, 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 you get a gym experience uh, by coming to work every day. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, from the wheel
2: side, doing a lot of mail, a lot of freight, and... On the float side, there's a lot of fish boxes. So, fish boxes. Yep, a lot of fish boxes. <laughs>
0: and and I, I looked at him and they're like, yeah, and we love these new floats because we can fit fish boxes in the floats now.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Those aerosids do a good job at that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of weight sometimes. <laughs> uh,
0: he, he says with hesitation. So, um, uh, obviously... It's pretty darn enjoyable, and it's pretty rewarding being a pilot here. I mean, I, I what? What? Really are, what, what explain that. I mean, um, to someone who's never flown in Alaska, that's thinking about a commercial, uh, you know, uh, option uh, for employment or for an experience. Um, you know, what are the big rewards? What are the big payoffs? I mean,
2: it's just. You see so much of the land and everything. You get to see all these different villages and these different cultures in most of these places. Um, you know, I've been flying around here a bit, and, like, you know half the people in these communities. It becomes this nice little close-knit. Everybody knows you by your first name, and, like, you're, you're doing a good service for all these And you bring their too.
0: groceries. Yeah. You're,
1: yeah, you're exactly. typically their friend. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and no, it's just really rewarding just helping this whole area just yeah. work, you know. And it is unique in that. There's no roads going around, and, like, I, I really get in just enjoyment from all that. Well, it doesn't get boring because it's constantly changing. Yeah, and actually, I mean, you know, the really nice sunny days, they're, they're great, but it, it's really fun, too, just to make these things work, you know, get get well, to the destination when the weather is marginal and all this. It's, it's fun. Yeah, and Challenge I, equals fun. For <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and so
0: I think that's what attracts me to it is it's a very cerebral activity because, yeah. number one, you're going to be— you're constantly developing your skills oh, of, for sure, out of necessity. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that I always love, you know, that's, yeah. that's one of the big joys for me. And the, and the other thing is, is just the constant diversity. I mean, you're not flying the same route over and over again. And even if you're going to someplace you've been 50 times before uh, it, it constantly changes. Yeah.
2: Weather's going to be different.
0: Uh, the, the layers s- are the different. Sea- Everything's the, a little different. There might be things that are familiar, Yeah, but it's going to be different. Yeah which is and just keeps keeps you on your toes yeah and, and and keeps and, you engaged in the whole thing and it's it's good and exercise the brain which is a wonderful thing what um what are some of the biggest we've already talked about them but what are some of the biggest challenges the current uh the size of the water the, the all the differentiation. i know we we're being like super cautious going into the shoreline right yeah because we we're going to go
2: you know we got some there's a lot of hidden debris in the water here. We got a lot of reefs. We
0: got a lot of sandbars. We got a lot of rocks. Yeah, you were talking about yeah. the sandbars, and you yeah. can't see them because the water is so silty by the uh, glaciers, especially. And yeah. a lot of these places,
2: yeah, it's it can be. There's a lot of traps in the sandbars, like I was saying, and every year they change. You know, next They're time you show up, and, like the whole the whole thing's different. Constantly so moving, always working that to get to the beach, right? And not get stuck because again, with the twenty foot tides. You know, there's a lot of a lot of thinking goes on there. <laughs> you're gonna spend the night out there, or
0: twelve half a day out there, or something. Yeah, you you're, don't want to be that guy. That's you don't want to be sleeping in a beaver with <laughs> bears around you. You know, nice. Oh, and as we were talking about, oh uh, yeah, just note this time of the year they're waking up and they're a little cranky because they're hungry. Yeah, probably pretty hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, what are some of your fondest memories? Of, of flying here what are, or you know what are the special moments that really make it you know there's a lot of cool like charter stuff I've, I've done in the past where
2: you know whenever you're taking these tourists to these lakes or these cabins like you were talking about it's just great to like fulfill a dream for them because they have this expectation in their mind and it's just like you fulfill it and it's it's amazing and you know there's a lot of other ones i've done like uh just last year there's a a couple had just got married, and I took them up to Tracy Arm. We landed right in front of the glacier, and, like, it just all worked perfectly for them, and they just, you know, absolutely loved it. It was above what they ever thought, you know.
0: Now, remember you for life. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and you were a part of that moment in yeah, their life. Yeah, I know. Which it was is just cool.
2: It's great. You you get to – that kind of stuff is really rewarding to me, for sure, yeah. just to fulfill other people's goals that I have about it. And there's, a lot of, there's a lot of beauty in this place, for sure, and it's just great to – great to be able to do it. I'm really fortunate to be able to fly and, in this well, I'm
0: coming back. I hope it doesn't go. grow. I've seen so much growth in Anchorage. I've seen so much growth in Fairbanks, but nothing like Anchorage. Right. The urban sprawl, uh, as much as I love Anchorage, as, as much as I love the surrounding mountains and, and how beautiful the city is in so many ways, and, and Lake Hood and, and the airport, the growth that I've seen in the last 20-some years oh, yeah. uh, has been unbelievable yeah
2: there's definitely been growth here It just ever since i was a kid too you know but probably not to that extent uh yeah
0: i wouldn't think. i hope it doesn't yeah because i like it like this Yeah, it still has that small town for sure it is small town but it feels small town which is really important um i think something that's important to realize also and, and maybe just touch on um i've noticed a you know, a, a lot of recession of the glaciers uh, in the 20 years I've been coming here. I, I always use Whittier Glacier as as an example because I can remember there's a, a viewing center at Whittier um, that and it had a glass wall and the glacier was right up to it. Yep. And and it had been there since they built the the visitor center, and now there's a giant lake. Um, and you struggle to see the glacier.
2: That's exactly what Hall has done. I mean, you can tell, the visitors said, have you been, did you guys go We're going to go out tomorrow. Oh, we perfect.
0: have a, so we'll be meeting with the FAA tomorrow, and then uh, we're going to go out. Okay. And I hear the same thing. And so, uh, you know, you can debate a lot of things, but I tell you what, if you talk to anyone who has spent time in Alaska yeah. for the last 20, 30 years, um, I I worry because the the, the landscape is changing and, and I mean when you can physically watch it change. Oh for sure and you know be, being from Gustavus is right next
2: to Glacier Bay National Park and like as a kid we'd take day boats up there and stuff and you go up there now and it's I mean they're way back. All these glaciers I, you know, considerably.
0: We talk about how important the cruise ship industry is to tourism in Alaska uh, between the train service that they're running up to Fairbanks and out of Anchorage and and again, the the amount of people that the cruise ship industry brings into this state to feed tourism. And I, you know, I was up with Todd Rust uh, six or seven months ago um, and doing a podcast with him. And, you know, I, I was like, well, what's the future of your your industry, of, of the flight scene? And you think about how many cruise ships come up here to go to Glacier Bay to see the calving. And there's going to be a point not too long from now that the glaciers aren't going to be calving into the water anymore. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you've already, probably seen that. Yeah, there's
2: already a big difference for sure.
0: I mean, we've seen, you know, where they're not reaching the water anymore. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you just see those mud flats in front of them, you know. And, uh, it's definitely Anyway, definitely I don't want to get political yeah, on yeah, this, yeah, and yeah. I'm but,
0: not political in any way on it, but it is real. Oh, I agree I, with you. They're I, definitely I, I, receding. So. Uh, and I hate to see that. And I hope we find an answer to that because uh, uh, they're just so freaking gorgeous. Yeah. And we were talking about Taku um, and my researcher sitting next to me, Mr. Carter Clay here, <laughs> who who I give a hard time about being glued to his phone. But one thing he's awesome for is research. So we're talking about Taku Glacier and he's like, yeah, it's the thickest glacier in the world, and what we're you saying almost a mile thick—forty-eight hundred feet deep, thick, forty almost a mile thick—and that's just the one glacier.
2: Yeah, there's a few more. <laughs> there's a lot of ice up here. And so the amount
0: of water that's sitting in in these mountains yeah. is is amazing, especially this time of year because everything is white. Yeah, and I love this better than the seeing the green mountains. Right. I, I I like this time of year yeah no, it's, um,
2: it's beautiful especially today With just uh, yeah we got a lot great thank you
0: <laughs> so uh we have a lot more to explore here i hope to come back i again would like to thank everyone at alaska seaplanes for their amazing um taking time this is a ramp-up period for you guys and yet the staff been over backwards uh to help us learn more about the business Uh, to experience Juno by air, uh, the the area, uh, to go out to the four service cabins. Um, I am very grateful, uh, as the Seaplane Pilots Association is, um, for doing that, because these experiences help us guide the community better and the association and service the community better. So uh, thanks to everyone here. Um, What have we failed to talk about that we should not close out without saying, (laughs) this is why you need to come this is the big payoff. Um, this is why you should consider working for us, whatever. What if we failed to say that we shouldn't, like, close out without saying?
2: And I think I said it before, but it really is a really rewarding job to get into. It's a lot of fun. If you want to really you know hone your skills in seaplane flying, for sure, this is a place to do it. There's a lot of different variables, challenges, and it's it's enjoyable. You
0: know, and if you enjoy job. learning and growing like that, yeah. Um you're gonna be a much better pilot for having come here and had this experience. Yeah, and I
2: can honestly say, you know, I show up to work ninety-nine percent of the time.
0: And uh, <laughs> you know,
2: I fully enjoy it. It is it is a lot of fun. You know, it can definitely be busy days and stuff, but days it keeps that you, you are annoyed. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> but they're honestly pretty few and far between. It's yeah. it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, again, and, great team here. Uh yeah. and I think that's one of the things that is really cool for me to see is just how amazing the team is! Uh, how focused they are on safety. Uh, they're all smiling.
1: There <laughs> There's <go. laughs> a lot of businesses, especially
0: in aviation, where that's not the case. Yeah. Um, and, um, and and again, what was amazing is a lot of them were like, "Oh my God, you're here, Steve!" And uh, we've uh, you know uh, got people that have literally started their careers at uh, Jack Browns. Yep. Uh, instructing that are here this season. Yep. Uh, ben Ships who. Now owns Jack Brown's. Yeah. Uh, uh spent years here. Yeah. flew uh, several seasons here. Yep. Yeah. Do you ever fly with him or uh no, but I, I knew him. You I, knew I him. I met him uh, yeah. as he was at the airport. And yeah. and uh again, um people are like, Oh, we saw we saw you here, we saw you there, and and thanks for being here and, and everyone is really appreciative and, and we are just as appreciative. So Toby, uh thanks for sitting down. Yeah. Thanks for guiding me on an amazing journey, making dreams come true. I hope to have my wife back here next year and our team, and we'll continue uh, figuring out ways that we can make sure we're doing everything we can to help out Alaska Seaplanes and the entire aviation community in here, because there are a lot of GA private operators. Uh, There are other commercial operators, and uh, our job is to make sure that you guys are all uh, thriving and, um, getting the best circumstances possible to do what you do. So, uh, you have my commitment that SBA will, will continue to do that. And, uh, I'm thrilled. You may, I I was trying not to get choked up on, on, on the podcast because, uh, this has been a lifelong, uh, desire to get to judo and do the flight that we did today and we had perfect weather and you were a perfect pilot and tour guide for the flights so there we you. go yeah no i'm really glad i got that you know to work out with you
2: guys. And it, was, <laughs> it was a really really good time for so sure. and thanks so much for letting me yeah be on here
0: oh there great. you go <laughs> perfect it, it see it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> so uh well we'll be back and i expect to fly with you next year There we go. And uh, again, we hope you've enjoyed uh, getting some insight into uh, Alaska seaplanes and seaplane flying here in Juneau, Alaska. Until next time, uh, make sure you share the show with your friends. We're going to have more exciting episodes coming and uh, uh, fly safe and fly
1: often. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting waterflying.